Uh, listen, we, we, we've been in a series these last uh, few weeks. In the summer, we love, to, we love to cast some vision, love to share a little bit about who we are as a church. So some of this may be for, for you. You've been with us for a few years. You're, you're aware of these things, and it's, sometimes it's just good to be reminded. For others of you, you're, you're new, you're looking to get connected. And um, so hopefully this is casting some vision for you. And um, I'm excited today to, to share on one of my favorite points of mission. That's what we've been doing in this We Church series. We're looking over five points of mission. We're going to bring those up, and you'll see highlighted the one we're going to cover today is ministry. All right, everybody say the word ministry with me. One, two, three. Ministry. All right. Ministry is what we're going to look at today. But the first is fellowship. We talked about how pivotal fellowship is. Actually, a church feels not only more welcoming, but it feels healthy, it feels strong, it feels safe when actually um, fellowship is taking place in a good way. Now, for me, I know for, for some of you even younger than me, fellowship seems like one of those old school words. I get that. But it's critical in our lives. Remember, some of you used to show up to church just because of the fellowship. Come on, somebody. You knew there was a good old-fashioned potluck every Sunday. Come on. Some of you, let's be honest, you just came to eat. I get it, right? But fellowship, it's more than just a, it's just a, a simple term. It's more than just something that, that's kind of, you know, in the distance. No, we like to keep fellowship up front because we believe that a healthy, life-giving relationship can make all the difference in our lives. And so surrounding ourselves with people, I love to say this, I love to say the voices in your life determine the vision for your life. And um, fellowship is critical to that. It's about getting the right people, the right voices, coming alongside, encouraging. Uh, it sounds like I'm preaching on fellowship. I'm not. That's just the backstory on three weeks ago. The next one is discipleship, all right? We talked about discipleship. And, and I shared, listen, if it's your first time, please receive this well. But I shared with us, we, we're gender-driven. We want to make disciples, and we want people to walk in Jesus' ways and to receive his truth and know his faithfulness and his goodness. And so we believe in discipling, in teaching, in helping grow people. The third is worship, and worship is incredible. It's about fixing our eyes, keeping our attention on the Lord, focus on him and his ways and his truth. And today, I want to, want to pull back and want to talk about ministry ministry and ministry typically can be viewed as um, one of two things people usually have two perspectives and one that is pretty common in our culture not in a church culture but in our culture one that is pretty common is ministry is me ministry is the stage or the platform the reality is we believe here at Hillside, ministry is you. Everybody point to your neighbor real quick. Say, you, 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 you. You are a minister. We're convinced that far more ministry takes place outside of these four walls than within these four walls. Amen? We believe the church is a, is a body that makes a difference, that it's called to make a difference in our world. And so ministry, though, 
There's kind of a, this dichotomy. Think about this. There's, we could bring up, I, I call it false dichotomy. Dichotomy, you know what it is. It's something divided. It's a split. There's two, two kind of, not opposing sides, but two thoughts to it. And one is that there's full-time paid ministers. And then there's lay. Maybe for those churched or been in church a while, there's the lay ministers. And there's one that's full-time and the other's part-time. Here's why I'm bringing that up. It's actually something subconscious. Because it becomes your operating system for life. If we're not careful, ministry is what takes place on a Sunday morning or Saturday night or in the middle of the week. Ministry is what takes place from the platform and nothing could be farther from the truth. Ministry is what takes place in our daily lives. We're bold enough to, I'm bold enough to say, I believe every arena of your life is a ministry. It's a mission field. And there are people that God has curated and choreographed for you to reach. And maybe subconsciously you're like, man, if they could just get some of my pastors preaching. Or maybe if I shared that other pastor's podcast with them. No, I'm kidding. Right? But, but if, they, if they could just hear another message, God. If they, get, if, they, if they could just come to church. Now, all that's supported. Give them a message. Get them in church. We're excited about that. Don't misread that. But can I tell you? Loving your neighbor. Serving your workplace. The little things are big. Scripture says it's actually the small little foxes that spoil the vine. Well, you can flip that when you think of ministry. It's the little things, sometimes the most irrelevant spaces, the most tremendous ministry is taking place. Here at Hillside, we have a vision for full-time ministry, that all believers are full-time disciples, being transformed into Christ-likeness, and therefore full-time ministers of the good news of Jesus. Here's what I'm going to do for a few moments. I'm taking away your hall pass. You had a hall pass. You've been comfortable You've been operating for the last few decades, and it's good. I hate to say it. I'm taking that hall pass out. And on that hall pass, it said, part-time, convenient minister of the gospel. I'm snatching it, and I'm giving you full-time, full-time minister of the gospel. It's a bold play, but I've got some scripture. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, it says, and he, referencing Jesus, his setup for the church, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. That's you and me. For the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, but that we become mature and maturing in the Christ, speaking the truth in love. A couple short verses, but oh, they're important because it's so vital we understand. Listen, this changes the game. This absolutely changes the game. I remember early, early, early in my 
full-time ministry, serving in Florida. And I remember my pastor, he brought in a life coach. And this life coach, you know, he was such a, life coaches are such great listeners. They're just people you pay to listen and process and somehow help figure you out, you know. Good luck, especially with me. But anyhow, I remember, I remember this meeting and just, just kind of just pouring out, hey, yeah, you know, just been married a couple years and pouring out the, the tension of like over-involvement, right enough involvement with work and church and, you know, life and early in marriage. And I remember my major shift moment. A life coach, is, he just, you know, he's sitting. You know how they do, cr cross-legged. They've got their Starbucks and hair's all nice. And he's just like, yeah, it's all good. It's all good, man. And I'm thinking, what's in that Starbucks? Because you got something profound you're about to say. And he looks over and he says, I got an idea. It's like, yeah, please. He said, what if, what if when you leave here, you're headed to your full-time ministry? I said, what? He said, what if, yes, you're, you're working, but what if what's most important in your life is at home? What if you're so focused with all your energy, with all your attention, with all your metrics and vision casting? So what if you just ease up a little bit on that and on your drive home, know that you're heading into your most important ministry? I thought, that's why they pay you the big bucks. That's really good. But it sounds silly. It sounds subtle. But it's a game changer. I really mean this. If you are in a career, if you are in a J-O-B, if you are a parent, if you are just a person in your singleness surviving, glory be to God. No matter what arena you're in, it's a mission field for the Lord. And according to scripture, there's no hall pass that says, hey, the pastor, the priest, the small group leader, the elders, the deacons, all of those have vital responsibilities and are to be above character. Please don't misread me. But you won't read in scripture, part-time, convenient, easygoing minister. No, all of us, every waking moment, are on mission for the Lord. Y'all just thought it was a summertime Sunday. I get that. Y'all like, what, we're going to do the ice cream sandwiches or something? What, what's this guy getting, going on about? But I'm, I'm, I'm passionate because what I've seen for too, too long is that people have a have skewed vision. They don't realize just how valuable they are to the kingdom of God. Many times they belittle their voice. When God has curated and crafted and predetermined, predestined their voice to make a tremendous impact. But they pull back. Sometimes we pull back because we think, man, I need a title to do that. No, you don't need a title. Yeah, you do need a title. Okay, child of God. Boom, we're done. Move forward. That's the only title. It's the only operating. Hey, let's be honest. It's the, it's the predominant operating system Jesus lived with. Child of God, son of God. It's incredible when we can begin to think about that. Let me, let me just share. You know I got a few thoughts. Let me just share. I limited them down from 30 to 3. <laughs> Summertime Sunday. Come back in the fall. I'll give you all 30. 
No, let me, let me, I found this to be helpful when I'm, when I'm pastoring, when I'm sometimes meeting with people one-on-one or a couple one-on-one or, you know, one-on-two, <laughs> one versus two. No, couple counseling. Bad joke. All right. Three, three helpful perspectives for a life of full-time ministry. I wish somebody had told me. I wish somebody had told me. I wish somebody had told me upon graduating and in the waiting season of my life. I wish somebody had told me, dude, you are in full-time ministry. You don't need a title. You're in it. People tried to, maybe that's what I should say. I wish I was listening. People tried to tell me, but I wasn't listening. I needed these three perspectives. The first is, I've, I've basically shared this. All arenas of life are a ministry field. Again, we want to take that hall pass away. All ministries of life. All ministries, every arena, how we operate in our finances, how we operate in relationships, how we care, serve, love, every arena. Y'all toes doing okay? There's Paul and Paul on Facebook. There's not Paul and Facebook Paul. He's got to be one and the same. I see too many people put things on Facebook that they would never say to somebody's face. Y'all way too calm. Amen to that. I'm in the, I'm in the everybody's fasting Facebook service, I guess. Right? All arenas. I want you to think about all arenas. We can bring that up. Godliness in our singleness and marriage. Parenting our children and family life. Relational health. If that list comes up, that'd be awesome. And witness career or current form of income, community care and service, life in the new family of Christ, our church family, finances, well-being, stewardship of our bodies. God invites us, man, to live with the perspective. Full-time discipleship equals full-time ministry. I get it, man. I used to, I used to have... Uh, a disciplined anger problem. I'd crafted it and curated it so I could be real hot-tempered or super passive-aggressive. I was, I was the joy at every party. No. <laughs> Lord, began, Lord began, man, when, when we say, when he invites us and he says, follow me, he says, oh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in time. If you keep love, if you keep receiving wisdom from others, if you keep a heart that's coachable, guess what? You start to be transformed in all these different arenas. Because what the breakdown was, <laughs> y'all ready for a funny story? So the breakdown was in junior high as a, the soccer captain of our private Christian school, we would play soccer games. And when it would not go well, it was everybody else's fault. And their captain would be sure to let the other players and the ref know. And so there was a disconnect. You know, such and such private Christian school shall remain nameless. Okay. And a bad call for a bad foul. I would take the ball. Like I said, I was, I'd been working a while. It was disciplined. And, and the ref would say, put the ball down. I'd take the ball. And I remember one time, you'd be amazed how high a soccer ball can go. 
when you throw it down. And I would just walk back, you know, full of bravado, full of ego, no hand signs, hands behind my back, you know, just fuming. <laughs> and then, you know, probably in Bible class, I forget, like a week later, the athletic director just pulls a few of us out and says, hey, y'all either get it together or you're done. And I was like, amen, yes. But what was that? That was a breaking down of the witness of Christ. I'm claiming Christ, but I sure resemble the devil a whole lot when the soccer uniform's on. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got, you got your kids in softball. Come on, you can't, you can't claim Christ and then, you know, put on a different title. When you're in the stands, a ref makes a bad call. You're right. I got an uh oh in the back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's Marlene. Pull back, Pastor. Pull back. Slow down. I receive it. I receive it. But you know what I mean? The world needs, the world needs full-time ministers. People who meet with God on the way to work. Maybe it's just some way FM. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a psalm and a New Testament. People that have spent time in God's presence, who life is not a joke, ministry isn't casual, who are focused and believe that they are living life on purpose, that they were born with a plan, that God has them in the place they may not want to be, but where they are for the moment. And God's saying, look, the fields are white with harvest. Wait, wake up, he would say. Not to you. To everybody not here, right? But it's, it's, it takes the perspective shift. Value your voice. Value your witness. You're not created casually. You're not an accident. Man, God had you created for such, I believe that scripture, for such a time as this. Keep it simple, Pastor. Where are you going? I'm glad you asked. Main thrust of this, believe it or not, is this next point. Theologically, there's a calling upon each one of us to create and restore wholeness in a broken world. It's a Genesis 1 and 2 theology. I don't have a statement prepared, but I was very excited with the news on Friday. The Supreme Court ruling. It's incredible. Incredible. What's happening? What's happening with a decision like that? Notice that thought. Let's bring that up again. A calling to create and restore wholeness in a broken world. It's, it's experiencing Genesis 3, which we all have fallen. We all have sinned. We, we, we're all, as Paul would say in Romans, we've fallen short of the glory of God. But through Christ, here's what happens. We're restored. We're redeemed. We're set free. He gives us a vision. He gives us a purpose. And here's what he's called for us to be. Change agents now on mission in the world around us. It's a remarkable calling. Genesis 1, 26 through 31. It reads, God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. Rule over the fish in the sea, birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. There's a lot in that. It's not just a happy-go-lucky Bible story. It's, yeah, I read it with my kids in the creation account often, but it's not just so we have some mental doctrine. No, it's can we seriously take the mantle of Jesus in our life? And so, listen, it's, it's not about pointing fingers. It's actually not about being politically proactive to prove others wrong. No, 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 no. Because politics eventually break down. The only guy who stayed king for 2,000 years is Jesus Christ. Our allegiance is all to him. The restoring vision of Jesus is in every arena of life to care for the poor, the marginalized, the immigrant. It's the calling and mantle to care for the unborn. It's not just a finger point. And that's why last week, if you missed last week, we started a month long. We, we had no idea about the timing of things. It's just God winked. We've partnered with Choices Life Resource Center. Collecting those baby bottles. You can grab one on the way out. Why why would we do that? Because choices isn't established to point a finger. They're a hand to lead people through some of the most vulnerable and traumatic experiences of their life. And they're led by the love of Christ. Why? Well, it gets back to restoring order in a pretty chaotic culture. And don't be surprised if you get some pushback. I don't know if you realize, not everybody's thrilled that you're on mission to love others and serve them well. You'll be misinterpreted, misquoted, (laughs) slandered, gossiped about. Welcome to the party of following Jesus, everybody. Aren't you glad you came today? (laughs) But it's the truth over our lives and over our identity and our destiny is that We are called to create and restore wholeness in a broken world. I love how the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Curriculum, they talk about this in relationships, okay? They talk about this, but I love the visual. I I sent the picture over. I hope it comes up with good clarity. It's relationships in the new family of Jesus. We move from brokenness to wholeness. You'll see the picture. This is for relationships, but it applies in every arena. You can see, right? In brokenness, our Genesis 3 place, we're defensive, we're low in self-awareness, we're isolated, we're quick to blame, we're reactive, we're throwing soccer balls at people, we're fearful, we're self-absorbed, we're addicted, we're dishonest. Yeah, we can relate with each one of those. But here is the restorative work of the cross, amen? Jesus wasn't casual, Jesus was intentional, you were worth the price that he would willingly lay down his life. Here's where he brings us to wholeness. And so where we were defensive, well, now we're approachable. Where we were low in self-awareness, now we're high in self-awareness. We realize we have an ego. For some of us, it was way too large, right? We become a little more self We Oh, see you soon. Thanks, guys, in the back. Isolated, now we're connected. Quick to blame, we're quick to take responsibility. Reactive, now we're non-reactive. Fearful, no, now we're courageous. Self-absorbed, self-giving. Addicted, now we're free. Dishonest, now we walk in honesty. Now that's just thinking in the arena of our relationships. But that's the restorative quality. 
of the kingdom that is here now. Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus, Jesus wasn't bored and gave the Sermon on the Mount. He wasn't like, man, I've got a whole lot of one-liners. Let's storm up, Peter, and then remind me and let's just preach. No, he intentionally laid the groundwork for the new life in the kingdom of God. And it's what he invites us to because he believes that over 2,000 years, the witness of Christ would restore the broken places of our culture. And that's how we, that's how we operate. And so my last, my last thought is it does take some commitment on your end. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I think I'm laughing because I know how painful each one of these is, okay? Um, <laughs> I mean, it really is. Commit to learning means you don't know it all. Man, for some of our wiring, that is the most painful thing. All right, but we commit to learning, to growing, and moving forward in your relationship with God. Sanctification, man, it's the outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's continuing it's continually happening. We're not the finished product. If you came here today um, or you've been part of Hillside and, and you've been hoping everybody would be perfect and, and never make a mistake, um, sorry about that. <laughs> Our growth track really must have broken down if, you be <laughs> if you're a member and you thought there'd never be a mistake. Yeah, it's like, well, welcome to... Christian maturity, right? We're not the finished product. The Lord has invited us on a journey, and we must walk humbly, learning, growing, and committing to move forward in our relationship with God. You may, this next week, need to spend time with the Lord and fixate on that thought. You know, that pastor, he said that I'm a full-time minister that's crazy talk doesn't he know i'm i'm, I'm an engineer doesn't he know man I'm, i just build houses doesn't he know uh i'm just raising kids i i know all of those <laughs> you're full-time ministry of god you're you're the work of your hands is needed for such a time as this you never know the influence on the next generation you have. I believe firmly that God has called every single one of us. But it takes, I mean, it takes us seeing every arena as a mission field. It takes us understanding that we're called to restore. Have you ever heard Jesus' statement, blessed are the peacemakers? Man, they get the best title. Blessed are the peacemakers, they'll be called children of God. That's, I want that. Junior high, Paul, no, didn't care for that. Blessed are the winners at all costs, despite the witness that is being shown forth. Record amount of yellow cards right here, right? But slowly but surely, God begins to transform us. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the children of God. What is peace? Peace, peace looks like that meltdown in the office. It looks like you walking into the school and it is grief stricken from something that happened. And then you show up. You're interceding. Praying under your breath. You're just releasing the peace of God. 
And it looks like you're, you're just, man, you're just taking some Kool-Aid to a student. But can I tell you, in that moment, man, God puts his hand on that. That's the restorative work of God. It means in, in your neighborhood, just looking around, who, who, needs, who needs some fun? Who needs some hope? Who needs some home-baked cookies, somebody? It's ministry. It, it, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be else this Else Jesus calling our life's a farce. If we limit it to an hour of six, 70 minutes on a Sunday, man, that's not the life he's called us to live, amen? He's called, he's called for us to stand in the gap to in a world that is so full of chaos, he's called for us to stand in the middle and pray and intercede. I was telling a couple <laughs> before church, I was like, never in my lifetime did I think this past Friday would have ruling would ever have happened i just did i just didn't but prayer love and here's the here's the other thing ministries are going to bubble up and make a difference because you don't want to abandon people in their most dire time of need like choices life resources is one of of many not only regionally but around the world what is that that's restoring it's the restorative work of God. And it means in our personal relationships, man, we handle people with care. We handle our workplace with care. I mean, heaven forbid it, but, you know, sometimes your oversight at work, they're having a bad day. They have a family. Go figure. They may have a teenage son, teenage daughter. They need your prayers, somebody. I mean, come on, rings under the eyes. They're trying to tell you something. Let them nap under their desk. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm telling you, every, everybody, everybody needs that restorative work of the Lord. But it takes us. It's going to take us. I want you to think about the impact just, just in this room alone. But then you think about the impact of all the churches just in this region. Do you think about the difference, the kindness, the loving, the praying? conversations that can lead to life all of it's ministry all of it is so that's it y'all made it through i want to invite you would you stand to your feet i'm gonna pray and dismiss us this morning to my right to my left as always with every service our prayer team is going to be available they're here to talk with you they're here to listen they're here to encourage you Maybe you need, we call it the prayer of faith, but man, maybe there's a burden that's so big right now that's been on your mind the whole time. I want to encourage you, you don't have to carry that alone. You can speak with one of our prayer team members. Let them pray and bless you, okay? Come on, let's just 